Yo, what up, everybody? Welcome back. Another episode of the EEIG podcast. Uh, I'm your host, as always, Big Easy. Boo! And we got our we got our co-host back this week, the Commish. How's it going? Hang it in there, man. Uh, I, I heard we need a health update from you, Connor. What's going on? Yeah, man, it's a crazy story. So, you know, you've played basketball with me before. You know I'm a low-post player. You know, I'm not a good dribbler. You know, I like to fashion my game off Boris Diaw rather than a Kobe Bryant. But uh been having some dribbling issues lately. I was at the urinal at work. Thought I, you know, was all done. Zipped up my shorts. I walked out. I just had dribbled piss all over my pants. So I spent the next 30 minutes in the stall you know, wiping it off, cleaning it off, you know, missed a couple meetings, not a big deal. I go to my doctor. I'm like, doc, having some issues dribbling over here. He's like, well, how can, can you still pinch it off? And I'm like, no, it's having, having issues pinching off too. He's like, okay, is it is, is it hard for you to hold your, your urine in? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. He goes, well, those are both symptoms of having a very tight sphincter. And he asked me if I'm stressed lately. I told him, yeah, two out of the three of the last fantasy football victories my team had was by a point on monday night so you know what i just gotta say my health is fine for now but can you guys just let me win by a little bit more that'd be great all right so it only took 30 seconds for connor to tell us a story about his team that no one wants to hear um so let's just move on to our special guest we got the highest scoring team in the eig the owner of it we got jerry in the building jerry how's it going welcome to the show eric connor how we doing how you doing jerry Doing Thank amazing. You for that, for that kind introduction with, of course, the points leader for the season, uh, picking off right where I left last year, leading the league in points. Yep. So, uh, kind of same old, same old, you know? I got to be honest, man. This is like the second year in a row where you've had a killer draft. At least you come out of the gate pretty hot. Do you do a lot of research beforehand, or is this kind of something that you, you know, are you more of like a crazy guy and, you know, just kind of, you know, lets things fly at him? Uh, definitely do some research, you know, make sure you guys stay educated. Um, but I did come out the gate losing to uh, Spencer this year. So that kind of uh, rough opening weekend. But since since that, my guys picked it up, uh, leading league in points, you know, as uh, we've touched on already. So, yeah, looking forward to recapping week four and getting to week five. Yeah, we're excited to have Jerry on the show today and uh, lots to get to with um, a wild week four and uh, lots of spiciness to talk about with week five, um, including a trade that went down today, some waiver wire action, and as always, we'll preview the matchups um, that will be of week five. But first, let's take a look at week four and uh, see what happened there. Not going to spend a ton of time, but going to take a look at the scores and give an update on some of the matchups that happened. Uh, I think I'm going to start with myself since uh, I was the highest scoring team of the week. With a commanding victory over Chris, 148 to 86.8. Chris falling to 0-4. I'm, I improved to 3-1. and uh, I just got to call out my co-host here, Connor, with uh, picking Chris last week. What were you thinking? You know, I believe in miracles, so I thought that, you know, God would come down from above. But now I realize that miracles don't exist, and God also doesn't exist. Uh, a fair, a fair <laughs> assumption there. Um, let's just move on to Connor's matchup. Uh, he mentioned this was the matchup that caused that tight sphincter. It looked like it was going to be an easy victory for Connor uh, in the matchups of three and O teams against Andrew McCory. 
Um, but Connor barely squeaks it out, 113.6 to 112.5. Uh, James Conner puts up 22.5 points to make it interesting on Monday night. A couple dud performances from Conner's receivers, Juju Smith and Tyler Boyd. Um, I guess I guess I kind of have to ask, even though I don't want to, Conner, on Monday night as you were watching the game, what was going through your mind? Well, to be honest, I was trying to pinch it off at the toilet, but I was unable to. At the time, I didn't realize that my sphincter was so tight, um, but it is very tight. It's, it's taut, you know, kind of like a climbing rope. But I will say that this was a little closer than I wanted it to be. I had a pretty commanding lead going into Monday. And actually, it was to the point where Andrew was texting me like that it was already over. Like, which actually the last time someone did that was when I played Ben in the playoffs. And he basically congratulated me on a victory. And then Marshawn Lynch got an 80-yard touchdown run against the Cardinals. Not that I'm remembering that. But I was getting a little bit of PTSD. And, you know, eventually my team pulled it out. So. Yep, and Connor is the only team sitting undefeated remaining at 4-0. and um, And the matchup's undefeated. I think it was, yeah. what did you call it, the Battle of the Bulges? It was the Battle of the Bulges, and clearly I was the allies, and McCory was the Axis because I came out victorious. So, um, yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, let's let's look at Jerry's matchup, and a pretty convincing victory for him as well, taking down Jordan 124.6 to 83.4. Jerry improving to 3-1. and while Jordan falls to one and three. Uh, Jerry, Nick Chubb, he was um, your highest, your first pick in the draft, I think. You're the player you spent the most on. Yep. I uh, got 37.8 points from him, a huge performance, three touchdowns, I believe. Nice. How happy were you to see him put up that big performance and uh, get you a victory? Yeah, it was a really great week for Nick Chubb, um, as well as uh, Cooper Cup in the shootout with uh, against the Buccaneers there. Um, that helped me as well. It also was nice that Jordan started uh, Tom Brady, who almost got to four points, uh, was a little shy with 3.7 on the week. So, um, <laughs> you know, uh, it's good to have good fantasy defense, as as Connor knows. So, um, yeah, looking forward to keeping Jerry's berries rolling into week five. Yeah, yeah, is it crazy, Jerry? I was hearing the story coming out. Uh, you know, I got a couple contacts in the L.A. Rams uh, team and they were telling me how Cooper Cuff has actually evolved. He apparently had some type of surgery that made him physically faster. He's almost like a like a uh, Eastern Washington Iron Man. Um, how do you feel about that? Did you see that coming before the season started? Did you know that he would actually upgrade? Oh, of course, yeah, definitely. Uh, had him on the team last year. He was doing great until he got that knee injury, but uh, bounced back well. Uh, was hoping that he would be the um, best performing Rams receiver, and I believe he is to date um, in, in terms of fantasy. So, um, yeah, that was a great pickup. I think he was my second receiver taken in the draft. So um, that that pick has paid off as well. And I just got to say, looking at Jordan's team, only two players in double figures for him. One was his defense. Steelers D scores 19. That's his leading score of the week. Uh, his other was TJ Hawkinson with 10.2. Everyone else for him under 10, so a big dud for him. Um so yeah, Jordan took some heat a few pods ago, kind of rebounded last week, but um, not the performance he was looking for against Jerry. Uh, but moving on here, we're going to look at Hovey's matchup against Cantus. A big week for Hovey, 146.5 to 97.4. Hovey improves to 3-1 as well, and Curtis dropping to 1-3. and three. Um, Pretty big week across the board for Hovey. Jameis Winston, Austin Eckler, Mike Evans doing what they've been doing all season and giving him a big victory. Um, 
Also, Joe with a big performance. He beats Tristan 140.6 to 92.7 to improve to 2-2 two and two, um, in a matchup that was in the projections was pretty close early on. Um, but Joe with a pretty convincing victory. Joe, a lot of talk about his team on the pod last week, thinking maybe this would be another year he'd be out of the playoffs. Uh, what are you guys thinking about Joe's team moving forward now at 2-2? Two and two? I got to be honest, I really like his squad. I mean, he's got Chris Godwin. He's got Cortland Sutton. Both those guys, I think, were undervalued beginning of the year, but clearly they've been overperforming. Same with Marlon Mack. He spent a boatload on Wayne Gallman, who I called Wayne the Lame, who then drops 24.8 points, so that might pay off. Uh, I think he's got a really strong team. Uh, yeah, the it's kind of he's kind of rotating through quarterbacks off waivers after I believe he took Baker um, as his quarterback, who has been – not good this year. Um, but he has plenty of depth. Single Terry on his bench. Robbie Anderson who could bounce back once uh, Mr. Mono gets healthy. So, um, yeah, Joe, once again, annoyingly, has a decent roster. I hate it. And uh, wrapping it up here for the week four, we'll look at our lowest He wants the one matchup. ring. We can't let him have it. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at our lowest scoring matchup, uh, Spencer takes down Ben 80.9 to 78.4. This one came down to the Monday night game with John Ross taking on Tyler Eifert and Ross winning in a low-scoring affair, 5.1 to 3.7. Ben also needed a, a decent performance out of Amari Cooper on Sunday night, and he really didn't get it. Um, Cooper finished with just five catches for 48 yards. So a disappointing effort from, from Ben's team uh, and a lowest-scoring effort this week. And uh, that's going to do it for uh, week four's action. Uh, pretty high scoring week all around the board. Um, before we dive into some more some more things, we got an announcement from Connor. All right, guys, this will be quick and short. <clears throat> pay pay your league dues. Give me give me your fucking money. And my team's so good this year, I'm probably going to hold on to it. But regardless, we all made an agreement beginning of the year to pay me. So I got I need money from Curtis, Spencer, and Tristan. If your name is Curtis or Spencer. Or if your name's Tristan, give me give me your money. I want I want it. And uh, remind him, Connor, how also, much is that? You are, also, sorry, if you're listening to the pod and not in the league, you should pay Connor anyways. Yeah, yeah. So my Venmo is uh, C-O-N-N-O-R-M-C-C-U-E-69. Um, please pay me money. Uh, it's $100 to buy in this year. So. All right. So, yeah, that's the, the announcements, the league announcements. Make sure you get those buy-ins into Connor so all the admin stuff is taken care of. And we're smooth sailing the rest of the way. Um, last week, we also tried something new with the DFS contest on FanDuel. And um, only five people have signed up. Pretty disappointing effort. Uh, I think we're going to have some more this week. We're going to run another one this week. It's going to be free as well. I know, Connor, you're going to get on it as well. Curtis, I think, is going to be in there. And, uh, you know, Jerry, what are you thinking? Are you interested at all in that DFS contest? Yeah, Jerry, do you want to lose some money? Um, so I thought I'd continue with tradition of just ghosting Eric. So um, <laughs> kind of uh, that was my strategy last week. Um, I actually didn't mean to join, but <laughs> it didn't quite happen. Uh, so I think I will be partaking uh, this week. Uh, it, was, it was actually nice. You know, Jordan kind of like tripled or doubled his his uh, DFS points from his regular team. Oh, really? Yeah, so Jordan like uh, took down the first contest uh, can very convincingly, 
He scored 152.84 points last week on the pod. I talked about that 150 threshold, giving you a chance. He reached it. He was the only one. Second place, Eric Covey gets 118.9. So a pretty clear-cut victory for Jordan. Jordan with the veteran DFS play, going with the stack, playing three Lions, Matthew Stafford, Kenny Galladay, and TJ Hawkinson. Wow. Stafford throws three touchdowns, two of those to Galladay, the other to Hawkinson. So definitely pays off for Jordan played christian mccaffrey and wayne gallman as well so a great lineup there for jordan congrats i actually reached out to jordan for for a statement on his dfs victory and i got a quote from him he said quote it was really cool to be able to watch and root for guys that can actually score double digit fantasy points so uh jordan has real his season-long team with a big stinker but uh, able to pull it off in dfs um sadly it was a free buy-in so he didn't win anything but as we get more people maybe we'll get some buy-ins on this and um can i you know have something else to have our rooting itches for on sundays um i also got a a quick message from joe uh he has some advice uh for those of you who are looking to play uh dfs again this week so uh listen up to uh dfs advice from joe this week, I'm going to give you one high tier, one mid tier, one lower tier, and one stack that I like. Um, the higher tier guy I like this week is Dalvin Cook against the Giants. I think that's a really good matchup uh, at $8,200. Middle tier, I like David Johnson against Cincinnati. Um, again, at priced at $6,800, I think that's tough to beat. For the lower tiers, I like Tyler Eifert against Arizona. Um, I think that's a good matchup, and he's only 4600 And if you're playing any tournaments, the stack I like is Tom Brady and Josh Gordon against the Redskins, who have a terrible defense, and the Patriots should put up a lot of points. All right, thanks to Joe for that uh, quick God, hit. is Joe drunk? That was garbage advice. I couldn't even hear what he was saying the whole time. He was <laughs> like, what the hell? So maybe you do want to listen, maybe you don't want to listen to Joe's advice on the DFS there. So just something to keep in mind. Um, but yeah, make sure if you haven't already joined the league to send me, send me your FanDuel username, I can add you to the group. Uh, but uh, moving yeah, on. Yeah, what'd you think of what Joe said? What'd you think, man? I usually don't listen to Joe, so I kind of tuned out. <laughs> good call. Pretty, Sorry. Pretty good advice from Jerry. I there, wish I so tuned maybe, out. Maybe we should have just played that. But uh, moving on from, from week four, we got a new segment we want to debut on the show today, and it's uh, Contender or Pretender. So... We're going to take a look at the new Fantasy Pros Power Rankings and uh, see what they have to say. And then we're going to go through, each of us is going to give our pick, whether that team is a contender or a pretender. And uh, for those of you who have no comprehension skills, a contender is a team that we think is going to make the playoffs, and a pretender is a team that we think will be in the toilet bowl. We got any music for this? Uh... I don't know. Connor, you want to give us uh, some some man-made music to set up the contender, pretender? A- absolutely not. You know, I sent you music about this, dude. You got to check. I sent you a, a, a CD. You go, It's in your mailbox. I'll have to check it. Poor, poor yeah, just go, out, go outside. Go to your mailbox. It's uh, It should be a, a floppy. Um, it's some pretty awesome tunes, man. What the fuck? I think you really dropped the ball on this one. Poor producing from me. Sorry about that. Um, so the Fantasy Pros Power Rankings... Um, the last time we went over the power rankings, I actually didn't, I did it wrong. I looked at the projected standings. There's projected standings and also power rankings that rank each team um, for the rest of the season. Oh, you didn't so, wait. So what did you do wrong? 
So I, I went just I just uh, did the projected standings. The projected oh. standings and the rankings are different. Can we have like a power um, rankings for people who are able to actually give power rankings? Because I feel like you, you, you dropped the ball already and I don't really care for what you're going to say. All right. So, yeah, maybe we'll have to have Connor lead the power rankings discussion today. But uh, so the, we're going to break down the rankings. We're going to give a, the projected uh, standing finish for each team as well as their playoff percentage to make the playoffs. That's from Fantasy Pros. And then each of us is going to give our pick. Um, whether they're a contender or pretender. So, uh, Connor, why don't you uh, lead off? You can start wherever you want and, sure. uh, and uh, break down the rankings. Sounds good. Let's start from the top. So, num- with number one, it's McLaren F1 Racing. Whoa. With hold a predicted. Up. Hold up. Well, excuse uh, me. I'm talking with a predicted I I, I finish of 13 and 0. Right now and, uh, and with a 100% chance of making the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> But seriously, Connor, uh, who is it? who is it there at number one? Can you let me know? All right, so it's Shark Week. Uh, you know, hilarious pun uh, coming in number one. Shockingly, that uh, a fifty dollars service that Eric pays for ranks his team the best. Wow, I would double check, except no one pays me money, so I can't afford it. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Out of the three of us, uh, Jerry and Eric have your team, Eric, as a contender. And yet here I am sitting as thinking that you're a pretender. And can I say that right? I can clarify my statement right now why I think that I think your team is trash. Yeah, do, do you have any evidence to back up that statement? Yeah, I, I looked at your team. And I'm not a fan. I really think that, you know, you could really make a lot of better decisions. I mean, uh, I think I think all across the board. Michael Gallup's not even gonna play this week by the way, as an FYI. Uh, Robert Woods struggling. Cooper Cuff was clearly the better choice. You got John Brown in an offense who, yeah, he had a hot start. I don't think he'll be able to keep it up. And you basically have a revolving door at quarterback. So I'm not a huge fan, got to be honest. All right, so Connor goes as pretender on that one. Um, I'll back up my own team, but I'm not going to say much here. I'm just going to you know, follow Connor's advice. Uh, don't feed the trolls. I know that my team is a championship contender. I think everyone else can clearly see that as well. Whether they like it or not, I'm going to be making a playoff push. So I'm not going to feed the troll here and just uh, label myself a contender. Jerry, you want to say anything else nice about my team? Um, yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, you got a lot of depth at, uh, at running back. Three um, pretty much RB1s. As long as uh, Dalvin Cook stays healthy, so should your uh, uh, playoff hopes. Exactly. So uh, projected finish for my team, nine and four. That puts me at a 94% chance to make the playoffs. Um, but now we're going to head to team number two. Connor, I'll let you take this away. Um, so no, it's all you, man. I didn't do a good job last time. It's all you. Uh, well, well, we'll probably get to Connor pretty quick since we'll be talking about himself. McLaurin F1 Racing coming at number two in the Facebook power rankings. A little shocking. I think I should be number one. A little shocked. Also but. projected to finish nine and four with a 94% chance of making the playoffs. And uh, we got a clean sweep across the board. Three contender calls for Connor. So um, let's give it to the commission himself to uh, talk about his own team. The one thing I will say, though, I think it's funny how my team is projected to be nine and four. That means I'm about to go on a five and four run, which isn't that great, which, to be honest, is pretty accurate. I think my team is underperforming. I'm just playing a lot of uh, underperforming teams, which is a great strategy, and I suggest everyone do it. So your team's overperforming is what you meant. not No, no, I think my team is underperforming. All right, and uh, so it's a clean sweep. That's how good my team is. I'm underperforming, and I'm four and zero. Do I need to spell this out for you, Eric? Uh, no, you don't. But uh, you know, I'll just I'll, I'll say some nice things about your team, Connor. Um, you're a contender. You're definitely going to be in the playoffs. 
Um, your team gave itself a little bit of improvement today on the waiver wires and making a trade. So I like what you're doing there. And, uh, you know, I just think you're a solid owner. So I, you know, I have some high hopes for your team moving forward. Wow. That was, that was actually nice. Uh, Jerry, you wanted, you want to add anything to that? Um, yeah, I nearly put pretender. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I like being four and oh, it's very hard to miss the playoffs, but you know, Connor, it could happen. Um, uh, his team does, you know, Juju, we'll see how he does the rest of the season, but it's tough to consider him a wide receiver one going forward. True. Um, Ridley, same type of thing, has not been doing well. Um, the two tight end strategy, you're not even starting one this week. So, um, and that's up for debate. We'll see. All right. All right. Still pending, I guess, but, uh, I like the, I like your trade you did today. So I think that definitely helps your roster going forward. Um, and you got your boy Rogers, of course. So, yeah. Carter, uh, Jerry does bring up a fair point in uh, Juju Smith Schuster. Uh, lackluster performance for him on Monday night really hasn't given you the production you were hoping for when you drafted him. Are you worried about him moving forward the rest of the season? You know, I would say I, uh, I think I paid him when uh when we drafted he was like the second or third or i, I forget he was like 45 bucks i'm trying he to remember 42 dollars right? 42 dollars okay you know i had pretty high hopes for juju coming into the year i really thought he had an opportunity to be the number one wide receiver in fantasy football but that was under the assumption that big ben's throwing him the ball and big ben's out so obviously there's going to be a lot of variation and I, there's a lot of uh, question marks if he's still going to be good to be honest with you i think i'm a little bit uh I would say a little concerned, but I'm not as concerned um, as I could be. I think that on Monday night, the game plan for the Pittsburgh Steelers was to uh, minimize mistakes against a really bad team. You look at the Bengals and they're uh, they're pretty garbage. So you saw a lot of wildcat. You saw a lot of multiple running backs formations. You saw Jalen Samuels throwing the ball a couple times. So I feel like in that game in, in itself, they were trying to minimize the passing game and mistakes as a whole, which I understand. Now, moving forward, I will say in the Seahawks game that they played the Steelers, I felt that when Mason uh, Rudolph came into the game, he was actually feeding Juju. So I think there's a lot of question marks. I just hope that I'm on the right side of them. All right, and uh, moving on down to rankings. Coming at number three, we got where the fuck are we? Joe projected finish at 7-6, 61% chance of making the playoffs. Uh, I'm going to start with Jerry on this one. Jerry, you said Joe's a contender. Why do you think he's going to be in the playoffs um, and not make it two straight years in the toilet bowl? Um, I mean, mainly just it's Joe. Um, and then, um, you know, also other than, other than the fact that it's Joe, um, he has – Pretty deep roster. Um, his bench has a number of players that could very well be starters. Um, uh, looking at, you know, he's not starting Singletary, T.Y. Hilton this week. It looks like injury, um, but has others that could be viable. Um, Chris Godwin, I think very much so, at least so far this year, as wide receiver one for um, the Buccaneers. So um, Allen Robinson has been well, as, as well as uh, uh, trading for Ertz last week. Um, so... Um, pretty good squad. Um, do have some concerns about the quarterback position. Uh, don't know how long he'll be holding on to uh, Andy Dalton. And Connor, you're taking the opposite side on this one. Why do you think Joe's a pretender and not going to be in the playoffs? 
Well, to be honest, uh, when I wrote Pretender down for Joe, I was more talking about myself and that I am pretending that Joe will not make the playoffs because that makes me happy. So right now, Joe's not making the playoffs. Everything's good. Yeah, I, I think Joe's a contender. Um, I think the key for him is going to be during when teams, when more teams start going on by, I think that depth that Jerry mentioned is going to um, be a pretty big key for him and um, help him have some some advantageous matchups against owners who maybe don't have the depth that he has. So I'm going to say Joe's going to be back in the playoffs again. Um, looking at number four, we have our special guest here, Jerry's Berries, coming in. Uh, projected finish eight and five with an eighty-five percent chance of making the playoffs. Let's start with the man himself, Jerry. Uh, what has you excited about your team moving forward as a contender? Um, I have uh, currently the best quarterback in fantasy with Lamar Jackson. He's ranked number one this year. Um, Nick Chubb. Um, we'll see what he does once uh, Carlo or not Carlos Hyde. Um, um, the other running back they picked up. Uh, former cream, cream hunt cream hunt yeah once he comes off suspension if that impacts his value at all um but i like when tyreek hill comes back from injury i'll be with tyler lockett cooper cup and tyreek hill as my three receivers um i think that's a very uh very good squad as well as darren waller has has actually turned out to be a pretty good pick with uh, uh plenty of targets and plenty of yards so um not a lot of touchdowns so far but i think i got a pretty good roster from top to bottom I think Darren Waller has been a, a great pickup for you, man. That guy, I really feel like uh, he wasn't on my radar coming into the year, and he has been spectacular as a tight end for the Raiders. Uh, so, yeah, Connor, you're hyping up Jerry's pick here, but you actually think he's a pretender. Uh, what's the deal? Well, okay, Eric, you probably Whoa. don't know this because you've never won before, but it's a marathon, not a sprint. I can compliment one player, right? doesn't mean I think his whole team's that good. What I will say is I think Jerry's got a great squad, but there are a couple questions. I don't know if Lamar Jackson's going to be able to keep up this pace that he's setting and actually already looks like he's slowing down. I don't like James White. I'm not a huge fan of Patriots running backs outside of Sexy Rexy. And Tyreek Hill is awesome, but he's injured, and who knows when he'll come back. So I think that if Jerry can get a winner or two at the next probably four games, he'll be fine. But this upcoming stretch is going to be a little difficult for him. Yeah, Connor with a bold uh, call there, talking about Lamar Jackson slowing down. Yeah, he slowed down from scoring 30 points a week now to only scoring 21.2 and 24.4. Exactly. I mean, yeah, exactly. That's like, that's like a 30% drop. It's wow, pretty big. really slowing down there. Yeah, I think that's really going to hurt Jerry moving forward. Um, but yeah, Jerry's team is a contender. Uh, he's going to be in the playoffs again. We'll have to see if he has that championship uh, potential, but I think he's definitely in the mix this year. Moving on to number five, we got our biggest surprise so far in the rankings. That's Hear Ye, Hear Ye, Jordan Hazari. Um, projected finish of six and seven. Fancy Pros gives him just a 32% chance of making the playoffs, but labels him as the fifth best team in the league moving forward. Jerry, you think Jordan uh, is going to be able to make that playoff push? You label him as a contender. Uh, why, why so? I do label him as contender. It looks like he's following his same championship strategy from last year, being a poor team that scores points and makes it in on the wild card and then wins the title. So um, currently he'd be in the playoffs with uh, his points total for the wild card, uh, not reflecting his record. Um, looks like that mostly is due to Mark Ingram scoring like a hundred points two weeks ago, but, um, and the Julio Jones, Keenan Allen stack, but, um, yeah, it looks like he's following the same playbook as last year that worked out for him. 
Connor, you're uh, you're keeping up the trend here of uh, labeling everyone pretenders. So, uh, what, what's your knock on Jordan? Well, I mean, how many knocks can I have? I mean, there's so many holes in this team. When you look at Tariq Cohen, I don't even think he should be playing Tariq Cohen. He might not even be rostering Tariq Cohen. The way that David Montgomery is skyrocketing in value and Tariq is basically non-existent in that uh, offense. I will say, I think he's got one of the best wide receiver cores. He's got Keenan Allen, Julio Jones, that's solid. I'm not a big fan of Tom Brady. Uh, Mark Ingram, once again, I think that Ravens offense is going to slow down. So I'm not a huge fan of Mark Ingram, although he has been scoring a ton of points. And I really don't think he's got a whole lot of depth at running it back outside of that. Yeah, he probably should have Ronald Jones as his RB2, but outside, I'm not a huge fan of his team. Yeah, I labeled Jordan's team a pretender as well. I think he definitely needs to make a move, deal one of those receivers to add another a running back, a, a real star running back, or maybe a couple starters to kind of solidify that RB2 spot. Because, yeah, Tariq Cohen, not really who you want as an RB2. More of a flex play. Ronald Jones, just kind of hard to predict if he's going to um, if he's gonna be the lead back or it's going to be Peyton Barber. Um, also, a couple of injuries to Jordan right now. He loses Christian Kirk and TJ Hawkinson for the time being. So, um, some question marks there. So, I think Jordan's going to end up missing the playoffs this year. Moving on to number six in the rankings. Rounding out our top six, we got Hovey's Heroes. Currently sitting at 3-1. and one. He's projected to finish 8-5. and five gives him a 70% chance of making the playoffs. Um, I, I, I really like Hobie's team this year. I think he's strong across the board. I like the trade he made with Joe to get Joe Mixon. And I also picked up Will Disley in that trade. Uh, looking like a tight end who could be really serviceable on a week-to-week basis. Um, you look at the strength of Hobie's team, it's definitely the receivers. Mike Thomas, Mike Evans, Emmanuel Sanders, Lake Fitzgerald. Really strong core there of uh, two receivers and his two flex. He has Joe Mixon at running back he traded for. Austin Eckler has been big for him, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him moving forward with Melvin Gordon returning. But either way, I think Hobie's going to be a team that's in the playoffs. I say he's a contender. Uh, Connor, what are you thinking about Hobie's team? You know, it's uh, it's pretty tough because uh, when I when I first saw that we were doing this segment on the show, my first instinct was, okay, well, everyone's a goddamn pretender because I'm the king. And uh, to be honest, though, I've been looking at Hovey's team lately, and it, it looks so good. I kind of wish I had it. Uh, so I think he's by far the second best team in the league. Wow, bold prediction there from Connor. Wow. Jerry, what do, what do you th- what are you thinking about that? Do you think Hovey is a, a playoff team this year? Uh, I I believe Hovey's heroes will be in the playoffs this year. Um, he's number two in points scored for the season behind uh, me, obviously. Um, I do like the trade that he did with Joe. He really needed that running back help, especially with now Melvin Gordon back. Eckler might take, you know, obviously a reduction in targets and, and carries. So his running back does not have a lot going on after you get past Eckler. Um, he has a lot of handcuffs and still has Kenyon Drake on his on his bench. So um, running back depth isn't great, but the rest of his roster um, is pretty solid. That's a that's a good point. I would actually say that he doesn't have that great of death in general, but his starters are so good that I think that he'll be a strong team. For sure. And uh, so that rounds out our top six there once again. That's coming in number one, Eric. Number two, Connor. Number three, Joe. Number four, Jerry. Number five, Jordan. Number six, Hovey. So those are the projected six strongest teams moving forward. The rest of the way, let's dive into the bottom six. Starting with number seven, we got... Wenzelmania 33, Carson's Carnage, Ben Hazari, projected finish five and eight, giving him a 23% chance of making the playoffs. 
Uh, this is a clean sweep across the board of pretenders. Let's 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 go to Connor first. Why is Ben not going to be uh, dancing in the big in the big time this year? Yeah, you know, I just think that his team is not well rounded. I think he has a couple big question marks at running back. Josh Jacobs started real hot week one, but he's been having some issues. Kyler Murray has not been the guy we all thought he was, although he's been serviceable. Um, and I think that his wide receivers, while they're decent, they're spotty. Mm-hmm. I mean, Amari Cooper just kind of laid an egg last weekend. Same with Odell. DK is going to get targets and some touchdowns, but we know how the Seahawks offense is. I'm just not a huge fan. Yeah, Ben's strength definitely in his receivers with Odo Beckham, Amari Cooper, and Devontae Adams. But yeah, definitely question marks at running back. Josh Jacobs, not a bad option, but after that, it gets a little dicey. Matt Breida, you never know what's going to happen in San Francisco. Carlos Hyde, um, it's, uh, not a bad flex play, but nothing to ride home about. So. Um, already sitting at one and three, I think it's going to be tough for Ben to climb out of out of the hole that he's in. Uh, Jerry, what are you what are you thinking about Ben's team? Uh, I think the Devonte Adams injury. Um, we'll see how long he's out. He's currently listed as questionable. Um, could really uh, dampen his team. Um, overall, the roster um, definitely needs uh, some players to start putting up more points. However. He is uh, only allowing the uh, third fewest points against. Um, so his fantasy de- defense per usual is very good. Very um, good. As long as he keeps opponents under 90, I think he's got a chance. <laughs> the one thing I'll say, though, too, is that it's it's a shame about Devontae Adams. He's been kind of underperforming this whole year. He has one good game and then gets a toe injury. It's just very unlucky. Yeah, tough for him uh, losing what he was hoping to be his most productive player. Uh, but moving on to number eight, a little bit of a surprise here and Ezekiel 25-17. Chris currently sitting at 0-4, but Fantasy Pros projects him to finish 5-8, and um, giving him a 26% chance of making the playoffs. Uh, Connor, you always have lots of things to say about Chris's team, so why don't you just kick this one off? Well, let's just talk about the ridiculousness of Fantasy Pros and that it predicts me to go 5-4 and four the rest of the regular season, and same with Chris. Is that not ridiculous? Chris started 0-4. He's going to go 5-8. and 8. I'm going to – I mean, it's just insane, okay? You know what I will say is that I think his team's – it's okay, but there's a lot of holes, you know? And as someone who created a roster without any holes um, that's strong across the board with great depth and great starters like my team is, I will say that it's very easy for me to point out issues with other people. And can I, can I just say that Chris's team is not the best, you know? He's starting Duke Johnson this week, okay? That's not a good start. I would say Brandon cooks is the third best wide receiver on the Rams. Alison Jeffrey is hit or miss question mark. Eric Ebram is even better doing anything this year. I haven't really heard much out of Indianapolis and their tight ends. I really don't think he's got the staying power, but I do think he has an awesome quarterback. He's got Deandre Hopkins, which is a big name. Uh, Sterling Shepard is going to be a question mark going forward with golden Tate back. I just don't think his team has what it takes to win the championship. Jerry, uh, you know, Connor really dug in there. You got anything else to uh, to add on to the, the shit pile that is Chris's own four team? <laughs> well, um, now, you know, digging into his roster a little bit, he's got to have one of the best own four teams in the country. <laughs> Probably true. Fair <laughs> Holmes, Zeke, DeAndre Hopkins, Alshon, Brandon Cooks. Um, Jalen Richard. I mean, come on. Yeah, you know, the GOAT. Uh, Jake Elliott, obviously world-class kicker. Um, uh, but he's also, you know, had a tough schedule. He's given up, you know, all of his opponents uh, have scored, uh, obviously, way more points than him, and he's given up, you know, most points in the league. 
Um, but having a top three of Mahomes, Elliott, and Hopkins is quite good, but I don't think he can dig out of an 0-4 hole. Yeah, I mean, championship oh, – sorry, defense wins championships, right? And clearly his fantasy defense is not doing that well. He's getting a lot of points scored on him. And, you know, uh, Chris may have a lot of holes in his team. It's like Connor has a lot of holes in his logic. Uh, I just want to say, <laughs> Connor, uh, looking at the points scored here, Chris only has about 26 less points scored than you. So it's not like uh, your team has really performed that much better than his, yet your team sitting at 4-0 and and his at 1-4. Not sure how much you want to brag about your team after hearing that. Well, but, well, like uh, I said, my team has been underperforming. So we're about to take off, you know, just buckle up and get on for the ride. All right, and uh, maybe think you said your team overperformed uh, earlier, but uh, you know no, I, you I've to... been consistent with that message that my, my team is underperforming. <laughs> That's why it's so incredible. That's why I'm unstoppable. My team's underperforming, and I'm four and up. It's crazy. Uh, enough about your team. We're looking at Chris's I might, team I might here for for Chris here and say that Chris's team will outscore Connor's team the rest of the season. Oh, I think we've got a we got a Ooh. here. Ooh, uh, Connor, uh, are you willing to take this side, the other side of this bet? Absolutely. What a crazy bet, dude. Right. Uh, let's bet our – I think, you know, I'm so confident. I think we should bet our 401Ks on it. All right. <laughs> Connor, did you – Jerry wondering if you even have a 401K. Uh, I mean, I, I started it a couple there. weeks ago. It's, you know, it's, it's doing okay. Um, how about this? I'll bet you five bucks I score more than Chris's team. All right, let's do it. Let's All do right, it. so let's make sure we write down those numbers of where they're at right now. Jerry making EIG podcast. Chris, put history. that on the whiteboard. Put that on the whiteboard. Put it on the whiteboard. Jerry making board. EIG pod history, becoming the first guest to make a bet. Um, a bold, bold call by Jerry there. I like it. But uh, yeah, looking at Chris's team, definitely some strong players, but I definitely think he needs to make a trade uh, and upgrade at RB2 spot. Duke Johnson not getting it done. I'm also a little uh, skeptical of Chris's bench management, just the guys he's rostering and the positions he's rostering players at. Not the strongest here. Uh you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give a a shout out to Chris, but not the shout out he's wanting. I'm gonna call him out here. Uh, you know, Chris was not shy to uh, call me out on the Discord from some for some trade offers that I was making. You know, trying to uh, gauge some interest from players, and you know, Chris Chris has been looking to upgrade his RV two spot, and uh, you know, I have a source who told me that Chris made an offer. For to Joe offering Alshon Jeffrey for Marlon Mack. And I just got to say, what a fucking terrible <laughs> offer made by Chris. Does he think Joe is retarded? Like, wh- how is he ever going to accept that hey, offer? Hey, I'm going to give him a little bit of credit. We, we should all be trying to fuck Sauron, okay? <laughs> I mean, Marlon Mack, arguably a borderline top 10 running back rest of the season, and all he's willing to give up is Alshon Jeffrey, who maybe is a borderline wide res- top 30 wide receiver. I uh, just got to shit all over that trade offer uh, since Chris wanted to do the same to me and poo-poo any offers that I made to him so far this year. So while Chris does need to make a trade, it's pretty obvious he needs to do something to reverse his misfortunes. Making offers like that is not going to get it done. And once again, for the second time of the year, Eric will call someone out on the podcast that, telling them they need to make a trade while he's trying to make a trade with them. Once again, everyone... Take it with a grain of salt. Eric's clearly pushing an agenda. I just want to let you know, I did text Chris today asking about a trade. And, uh, oh, wow. Oh, wow. And I'll give thought, the other huh? side. Uh, he, he followed Jerry's uh, strategy and just didn't respond. So um, nothing. Nice. So uh, the ghost, I got ghosted once again. Um, 
you know, not that I had much game in high school with the ladies, but I think I've been ghosted more in our fantasy football league than I ever did uh, in my entire career of talking to women, which um, my career lasted like comes three no months. Surprise. But uh, let's move on in the rankings and talking about Chris's own four shit pile. Uh, let's look at number nine. That's carry on my wayward son, Spencer. Um, he's projected to finish six and seven, giving him a 36% chance to make the playoffs. I'm actually going to say Spencer's team is a contender. I think he's got playoff aspirations. Um, he needs to make a trade and deal some of those running backs he has. There's definitely people looking for running backs who have the wide receivers that he uh, would be looking for to get in return. I think Spencer may be being a little too tight with how much he's valuing his running backs. Uh, I think he needs to make a deal to bolster his wide receiver corpse and has the means to do so. Um, but both of you guys think Spencer is a pretender. Jerry, let's let's start with you and in, in, in your reasoning. Uh, yeah, you know, team running back here with, I think, seven potential starters. Um, yeah, so um, it's, you know, going to be hard yeah. to put the right four that, you know, in any given week, assuming he's starting, you know, at least four because he doesn't really have too much going on in the receivers. He did pick up uh, Jeremiah Allison um, to, I guess, help out his roster. So um, we'll get into the waiver wire ads in a little bit, but um yeah as you mentioned great he if he makes you know some deals gets helps out his receivers um i think he could very easily move into a contender um position um but i just don't see if he keeps this roster going forward um if he can if he can get in there and uh let's just keep things moving forward here because we're taking a while here uh connor sorry to cut you off but we'll get to you next you didn't cut uh, me off i didn't start talking uh, <laughs> number 10 we got curtis hotel motel golly and he's predicted to finish five and eight uh gives him an 11 percent chance of making the playoffs uh connor quick thought what are you thinking of uh, curtis's team garbage all right you heard it there and coming at number 11 a little bit of a surprise here considering his current record we got kyle davis andrew mccory um, projected to f- finish 7-6, giving him a 59% chance to make the playoffs. Um, Jerry, you think Andrew's team is going to be a playoff team? That's not a huge surprise. Uh, do you really do you like his team, or you just think because of his current start, he's going to be in the playoff mix? Uh, I put contender um, just with his hot start. Um, there's a lot of players on his roster that I don't see doing well going forward, but um, given his start and where he's – you know, currently standing and look at the, you know, uh, the rest of the competition we have in our, our league this year. Um, I think he's more, you know, has, has a great chance to make the postseason, but I don't see him winning a title. Yeah. And, uh, Connor, you, you think he's a pretender? Um, you know, Andrew's going to get it brought up a lot today. So Andrew, prepare yourself here, but, uh, let's start here with Connor on why you think he's going to miss the playoffs. Uh, you know, I think that, uh, his team isn't good. That's, that's all you got. Yeah, let's keep it moving, baby. <laughs> All right. And, uh, last but not least, uh, we got chin straps rounding out the rankings, uh, giving him just a 9% chance of making the playoffs, projected finish 5-8. and eight. Uh, I think it's pretty obvious by now Tristan has the worst team in the league. Um, really unsure of what direction he's going, he's trying to take moving forward. Um, but I don't think it's going to matter what direction he takes because he's not going to be on the playoffs. So, you know, us three on the pod here, we're not going to have to worry about that. Uh, he's starting AJ Brown. So he's starting two Tennessee receivers. Wow. But he has a great name. True. Yeah. I would say a top three name, to be totally yeah. honest. Maybe uh, top five. We'll see. 
so that's uh, that was the contender pretender segment um hope you guys enjoyed it we're gonna look at the waiver wire and all that happened uh with the beginning of week five here but before that we have an ad from one of our sponsors yeah guys actually uh i got a little bit of bad news um this is more of an announcement um so the badonk bidet has dropped their sponsorship of the podcast uh, i got a, I got a call from their cmo last night and she said that since advertising on the podcast, they have sold zero Badonk Bidets. So they're pulling that funding, which is unfortunate, which means that Eric and I will have to go back to doing this for free, which is terrible news considering Eric just bought a house. He's got a kid on the way. I mean, really, this is a, a terrible situation. So please, guys, I'm begging you, please go to their website, mybadonkbidet.com. Buy a Badonk Bidet. And in the notes, please say you're buying it for the EEIG League. Please do this for the podcast. We need money. All right, you guys heard a big call to action there. MyBadonkBay.com. Make sure you drop that EIG reference in the notes. Because so, uh, it won't take the promo code anymore, guys. Like It's a terrible situation. So, yeah, the EIG pod looking for a new sponsor. Hopefully, you can have someone uh, step up for next week. we got some bills to pay. You know, got to pay the host a little bit. Uh, so, hopefully, you can uh, make up. Someone's got to pay my hose. <laughs> Lost cause there. But so some sad news there from Badonk Bidet, but uh, let's look at week five. Hopefully cheer up everyone's spirits. Um, week five began, I would say, officially today with the uh, waiver wire. A um, few interesting things to dive into. First with our host here, Connor. Connor making a $60 bid for Jalen Samuels and taking it down. Uh, Connor, how excited were you to wake up this morning and see that Jalen Samuels is now a part of your team? You know, to be honest, I was pretty pumped. Uh, and actually, $60 was the number I ended on, but it's not the number I started. I actually uh, maxed it. I maxed my fab budget out for him. And then I brought it down to 75 And then I brought it down to 69 And then I brought it down to 60 So it was a little bit of me trying to trim some of the fat and making sure I don't overpay for some players. But I'm pretty pumped. I think that uh, James Conner has some injury issues going forward. I think that their offense is going to try to run two running back sets. And so for me, it's kind of hedging my bet with Juju Smith-Schuster a little bit. Yeah, and uh, you know, I was a bidder on Samuels as well. Connor, you barely edged me out. I bid fifty bucks for him. Thought that was going to be enough to do it, but obviously, you just edged me out. Uh, but I was a little surprised this morning to wake up and see that me and you were the only two owners to bid on Jalen Samuels. Me Friday. too. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, Jerry, sorry. Oh, Jerry. Oh, what Joe put in so fast, my friend. Yeah, oh. yeah, Joe put in one. God, you know what? Who's hosting this podcast? Zero dollars. Right, so, so three bids if you count Joe's zero dollar bid, but two real bids there for Samuels. A little Yo, bit bid's a bid. Uh, considering that running back, you know, such a hard position to come by. Samuels obviously has a lot of value if James Conner ends up going down, but as we saw on Monday night, he might be a key part of the offense moving forward, has some some flex appeal right. for the rest of the season. They'll surprise to see, you know, our owners like Tristan or Chris Actually, Jordan, to be honest, I was like a little a surprised. Considering their lack of uh, players at running back. But, you know, maybe that's why those guys are, you know, sitting towards the bottom of the standings and not the top. All right. Rage is over. I'm a little surprised, Jerry, that you didn't put in a bid. You used to own Jalen Samuels. You drafted him. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I was too busy spending all my money on Armstead. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, that stuff happened. You know, I'm surprised. Yeah, what's that guy's first name, by the way? I don't know. Ryquell. Ryquell, dude. You know what Ry- Ry- Ryquell rhymes with? What is that? Oh, 
Nyquil. You got so many name opportunities with that pickup. I love it. So yeah, Jerry, you picked up Ryquel Armstead for twenty dollars. Um, yeah, body you probably in the league probably don't know who he is, so I'll inform you. He's the uh, backup running back to Leonard Fournette for the Jags. Jerry, you picked him for twenty dollars, but there's a little bit of a story behind that bid there. Why don't you uh, inform inform the league? Yeah, so uh, you know, doing some research, you know, looking for maybe a stash running back to add. Went with uh, you know, um, Fournette's never played all sixteen games in a season, um, so he usually misses a few to at least half the season the last couple of years. So. Um, decided to put in a, a bid for Armstead. Um, woke this morning, checked the wire. It looks out. It turns out I got him, but I got him for twenty dollars, uh, which is a little overvalued because I thought I put in two bucks. Mm. So uh, mm. caught the extra zero. So mm. uh, wasting rounding uh, error. Yeah, just just a touch of a rounding error. Um, you know, with an accounting background, details are important. So kind of kind of went with that there, um, but. You know, still happy to have him. I just would rather have him for my $2 that I thought it was. Which is funny because I actually used to have him on my team, so we kind of switched running backs. Oh, perfect, yeah. yeah. So you can send me that 40? Yeah, that sounds good. The one thing I will say about Ryquel Armstead is that he's the only fantasy player that I've seen who, in their picture, I can actually see his chest tattoo. Oh, great. Great ad. Fun fact, good to know. Uh, I actually think twenty dollars is still not a bad bid from Jerry there to get him, adding a potentially valuable running back to his roster. Um, not a lot of waiver ads this week. We did have another big uh, wide receiver bid from Spencer. He picks up Geronimo Allison for fifty bucks. Um, the high, highest bid besides him was Connor and I uh, bid two dollars. So Spencer may be kicking himself a little bit for the amount of money he spent, but does get a starting wide receiver this week. Um, for fifty dollars there. Also, want to point out that Connor bid twenty nine dollars uh, for Naheem Hines. Didn't Correct. get him because Correct. of uh, pr- another roster move that he made that nullified that bid. Well, and- well, wait, let me let me explain this first of all. So I I just realized I need to get rid of Geo, and I saw two options. I go Naheem Hines and Jalen Samuels. I thought those are both better pickups. So I put in the sixty dollar bid for Jalen Samuels, and then I put in a twenty nine dollar bid for Naheem Hines in dropping Giovanni Bernard. Um, because I thought that he would be, let's say someone else got Jalen Samuels and I would get nigh him at least for 29. And I thought someone else would put in maybe like 20, 22. Um, but no. So yeah, so as Connor would have paid $29 for Hines, ends up getting him for free after the waivers goes Picked him up this morning. What up? And then ends up trading him to McCory, which we'll discuss a little bit. Uh, in a highway flippity, flippity, ro- I'm flipping players. In a highway robbery. But uh, yeah, interesting note there. Uh, let's break. It was down. A, it was not a highway robbery. It was a side street robbery. Let's break down the best and worst pickups of the week, starting with the best. I'm gonna go with Connor's pickup of Jalen Samuels. Um, sucks to toot Connor's horn here, but I, like I said, I think Samuels. You know, he has value if Connor ever James Connor ends up going down, or even just as a flex player uh, in the current offense, just with what they're doing with him, um, using him in a lot of different ways. So, uh, nice job on the pickup there, Connor. Thank you. Um, thank you very much. You know, you're not the first person to toot my horn, Eric. Uh, good to know. Uh, but let's look at your best pickup. 
So uh, my my favorite pickup was Naeem Hines. It's a guy I was kind of targeting throughout the week. I thought that he could uh, potentially be a good play at least this weekend and maybe in the future. Actually, I had him in a different league last year, so he's kind of been on my radar. He's the pass catching back for the Colts. They're playing the Chiefs, so they're probably going to be behind. They're probably going to lose by a lot, probably going to throw the ball a lot. And Marlon Max having some injury issues. So for me, I thought it was a really nice find. And for $0, I mean, can't beat that price. And uh, last but not least, Jerry, who was your best pickup of the week? Um, there was a couple good, couple good options. Um, Samuels, you know, if you, um, you know, it seems like he's getting a lot of work. Uh, he's a previous Jerry's Berry alumni, so um, <laughs> a fan of that. Um, as well as Naheem Hines picking up for zero dollars, and I think Jordan picked up uh, Autumn Tate after the yeah, post. That, for that was a good pickup too. Who uh, could be a viable flex option? Yeah, with John Rosso. All right, yeah. and uh, now we got to look at the worst pickups of the week. Uh, Jerry, let's just roll it right back to you. Who is your worst pickup? Uh, Hobie still hasn't spent a single dollar. Wow. Yeah, yeah. you know, we touched on that on the pod last week. Uh, it just seems like Hobie, um, you know, unable to determine what the values of players are. Uh, even though we've had fab budget for, what is this? Is this the third year? Yeah, year three. So yeah, year three of the fab budget, he still hasn't been able to figure out what the, each player is going to be valued around. So, uh, you know, not sure I'm buying his excuse there, but, you know, him, he's another guy who probably could have used Jalen Samuels given uh, Austin Eckler's status moving forward. But uh, yeah, good call out there from Jerry on uh, Hobie's budget strategy. Uh, you Connor. know, I... I will say I need to add to this very briefly, and I'll have to check. But, I mean, has he actually submitted a bid? I know that he said on the last podcast that he wasn't sure what people were worth, but he I don't. I just looked the last two weeks. There were no bids. It's not like he's underbidding. He's just not bidding. Yeah, yeah I don't think he uh, he bids at all. He just waits until – Oh, then that's a terrible works. excuse. He doesn't know, so he doesn't do anything? Wow, okay. All right. All right, anyways, let's move on to Connor's worst pickup. Yeah, so my worst pickup of the week is actually – I don't even think it's that bad. For me, it's just more about the overpay. It's Geronimo Allison for 50. Now, clearly, Spencer needs some wide receiver help. And if that's a guy he can play this week with Devonta Adams out. And uh, when Devonta Adams was out last Thursday night game, which, by the way, I was in Milwaukee for because I was in Wisconsin. I was watching it with a bunch of huge-ass Wisconsinians. They're massive people, and they own being massive. They're huge. They're all like 6'2", like 250. You know, they clearly benched 10 years ago, but they stopped going to the gym. Pretty interesting sight. Uh, big drinkers, got to love that, you know, that brewer mentality. But to be honest with you, I don't think that translate over Geronimo Allison being worth $50. And I really think he's like a one- to two-week injury fill-in, and, you know, I think he could have paid a lot less. All right, and uh, here's my worst pickup. I'm going to give it to, uh, for the second straight week, I'm going to pick Chris as the culprit of my worst pickup. He bid $5 for Nick Vanette. Um, Vanette was traded from the Seahawks to the Steelers last week and uh, played Monday night. He had one catch for 14 yards on two targets. You know, that's whatever, but uh, I think it's... He had two catches for 28 yards. Okay, two catches for 28 yards, still not great. But regardless, I think this is a terrible pickup. One, because it was Chris's third tight end that he's rostering. Um, Chris has three tight ends, none of them anything to uh, drive home about. And there was plenty of better tight ends on waivers that Chris could have picked up besides Nick Vanette. And I actually just looked at Chris's roster. Chris has already dropped Nick Vanette for a new tight end. So he basically just... <laughs> Took his five dollars of free agent budget and lit it on fire. It's only five bucks, but you know that could make or break when it comes down to a big pickup later on in the season. So <laughs> he did drop him. <laughs> I'm gonna give Chris my worst pickup of the week for the second straight week with uh, Nick Burnett. 
Uh, last but not least, as, as far as the transactions, um, we had a trade go down shortly before the podcast. Uh, Connor ended up dealing Naheem Hines and Jarvis Landry to AMAC for Chris Thompson and Philip Dorsett. Um, let's kick it to Connor himself to give his thoughts on the trade, um, as well as talk about some of Andrew's negotiation tactics. Absolutely. So I've been trying to talk with AMAC about a trade for a bit. He has some decent running backs who I like. And if you look at my team, you know, I have stars across the board, but I could maybe have a better second running back. So basically we're going back and forth. He really likes Jarvis Landry. As you guys know, I think I've had him three years in a row. I love Jarvis Landry. He's great. A little inconsistent though, I would say with the Browns offense, but I think they'll get into a rhythm. So he basically sends me an offer for Jarvis Landry and uh, I mull it over and I accept the offer. And then he says, "Uh, wait, let me get back to you. And then he ghosts me for a day while I'm texting him. And I actually sent the proposal to him on ESPN and then canceled it. I thought he was actually using me for leverage, but no, that's not what happened. And then today he sends me another offer for Jarvis Landry that's worse. So he actually – it was a two-for-one, and he took off one of the players. So then it was just straight one-for-one, even though we had already accepted a previous offer. So at this point, I'm thinking to myself, dude, I'm going to – I'm never going to trade you Jarvis Landry just out of principle. And then we end up kind of talking back and feeling each other out a little bit. And we finally agreed on something. But can I just say, you know, I really didn't like the way it went down, uh, but I'm happy about the outcome. Uh, I have a lot to say about this trade, but I'm going to kick it to Jerry first to see if he has any additional thoughts on the deal that went down. Um, I think it favors Connor. Um, You got Chris Thompson, Philip Dorsett, two startable players for sure, especially Thompson. Um, And I don't think Landry and Hines are all that great, unfortunately, for uh, um, Mr. McCory. Yeah, so I'm going to give my thoughts now. I think it's an absolutely god-awful trade for Andrew. I just don't (laughs) understand any of the logic that went into him making coming to this decision. Um, You know, a few weeks ago... I think the, the the first talks of this trade went down, and I think the original offer was this Chris Thompson for Jarvis Landry straight that, up. That might have been uh, two, like two weeks ago, like before his big game last week. Yeah, and uh, you know, Connor re- or not Connor, Andrew reached out to me to get asked for my thoughts on a deal because you know he's not enough of a big boy to make his own fancy decisions. Whoa. But uh, you know, and I told him that you know since. He already had plenty of receivers at that point, and you know, running backs definitely more valuable than receivers. I thought it would be more worthwhile for him to hold on to Thompson instead of going for Landry. Um, but you know, after a few weeks and just one big game for Landry, Andrew decides to just say fuck it to my logic and make the trade anyway. And you know, when you break this down, you can almost break it down to two different trades. One would just be one for one, Chris Thompson for Jarvis Landry, and then Philip Dorsett for Naheem Hines. As far as the Landry for Thompson and, you know, Connor's getting a starting running back out of this. I would say that Chris Thompson is Connor's second best running back. And in return, Andrew is getting a player who really isn't even a, go- a guaranteed starter for him the rest of the season. Um, I would argue that DJ Moore is a more valuable receiver than Landry going forward through the rest of the year. And that most, I disagree. And that most weeks, Andrew will be starting DJ Moore over Jarvis Landry. So, he gives up a starter to Connor and Chris Thompson and doesn't even get one back. And then you look at the second part of the trade, Philip Dorsett for Naheem Hines. 
Andrew could have had Hines for free or for a dollar if he had bid on him in waiver as if he really liked him that much. He should have just bid on him for a dollar or picked him up after the waivers didn't go through. Um, I know Connor lamented on Hines' pass catching value, but really Hines only has value in fantasy if Marlon Mack is injured. Um, that's the only time he's really going to see the field enough to make him fantasy relevant. Um, so he's giving up a player that he spent $85 on a few weeks ago. Don't you forget that. He spent $85, almost half of his fab budget to get Philip Dorsett. He spent $85 on him, never started him, never played him, and then traded him for Naheem Hines, a player he could have had for free if he or for a dollar if he had just paid attention to the waiver wire and picked him up this morning. So that's why I think it's a terrible trade for Andrew. It makes Connor's team um, you know, better, which as someone who's going to be contending for the championship, I don't like to see. Well, thanks for that. Uh, get off your grandstand, all right, Eric? I think that it's not as bad as you say it is. I think that Jarvis Landry is better than DJ Moore. I think he upgraded his starting roster without giving up too much value. Um, I think it really helps both teams because I have a huge hole running back. And we'll see how Philip Dorsett does in the future, considering he's uh, dealing with Antonio Brown. Sorry, excuse me. He's dealing with Josh Gordon and Julian Edelman for targets. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I think it's good for both teams. All right, we'll have to see how it plays out. Maybe uh, Andrew will be able to prove me wrong. Uh, I'm also going. We should call- have him on the podcast to talk about it. Maybe I'm next also week or the week after. Andrew, um, you know, we talked last week about how, uh, you know, him, me wanting to bet him on points the rest of the season. Him, you know, lamenting on how wins is more important uh, or more of a sign of skill. You know, Hovey and Chris both agreed with me that points was the you know the better category to bet on. And you know, when you looked at the Discord. You know, Andrew called me out saying, you know, scared money don't make no money points. It is, you know, that I thought for sure that he was going to be texting me, you know, to verify the the terms of the bet. You know, I said I would be willing to put a league buy in on the on the wager. So I was, you know, waiting for that text from him to see what he was going to say. Uh, I never heard anything from Andrew about it. And so I texted him on Monday asking him why he ducked my points bet. And his response to me is. Because I'm not sure yet. I got to look at the point totals. Even though I explained to him earlier last yeah, week do your that, research. that he already had a six-point lead on me. And, you know, I was willing to throw away that, to not care about that lead, give him that six-point advantage and uh, do the bet. And then so I told him that he was up six points on me. And then he said, I don't really look at other teams, LOL. Well, you didn't have to look at any other teams except yours and mine because that's all that mattered for the bet. That was pretty obvious. And so I let him know that. He said, I'd rather use my energy to focus on my own team. Fair statement. Could care less about anyone else's. Well, you didn't have to care about anyone except mine and yours. But, uh, you know, after my team dominated him last week and took over the point lead, I doubt he's going to want to make that bet. So, you know... Scared money don't make no money, and Andrew's scared money. So I'm going to call him out once again before we go into the week five previous. Hey, Jerry, do you want to also shit on Andrew's team? No, I had him as a contender. There you go. So, yeah, we saw some nice things there about Andrew, but no one wants to listen to me bitch anymore. So let you me- it's, been, it's been like 10 minutes. No, we want to keep hearing it, to be honest. You're actually reading text messages? Yeah. Did, did you ask him for permission to read those? as official statements uh no you know i just you know leak text messages uh just learn from the best wow 
But uh, let's let's look at some of the week five matchups. Uh, let's let's take a quick look at the standings. You know, sitting in first place in the EIG predictions is yours truly. Uh, it's sixteen and eight after a perfect six and zero uh, week last week. Um, and then coming in second place is our guest at thirteen and eleven. I think Hovey was the best predictor so far with the four and two week last week. And uh, Connor currently sitting in third at eleven and thirteen after a rough week last week, two and four. Um, but hoping to bounce back this week. Uh, first, let's look at our matchup of the week. We got our special guest Jerry taking on Joe. Let's start with the man himself, Jerry. Who do you like in this one? Um, so I'm going to take Jerry's berries um, off the bat here. I'm sticking with my guys. Um, going against Joe's team. Um, Joe has some kind of tough running back matchups, actually. Um, he has Le'Veon Bell going to get, uh, at Philly. Philly's actually a pretty good run defense. Uh, his uh, $190 man, Wayne Gallman, against Minnesota. Um, so those are kind of tough matchups for him. Um, I'm going to stick with my squad, and I say uh, I'm going to come out uh, with a win over Joe. Uh, I'm going to take Jerry as well. I think, uh, you know, I think this one's going to come down to the quarterbacks. I like Lamar Jackson as a clear advantage over Andy Dalton. And, uh, you know, Joe, with some question marks injury-wise, Marlon Mack, I don't know if he's going to be playing this week. And so I like Jerry. Jerry may even get Tyreek Hill back this week. Sounds like he practiced today, so could get a big addition there. So I'm going to go with Jerry. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna also take Jerry. You know, I think Jerry's got a good team, but I think he's an even better person. Okay, I'm just gonna go out on a limb. He's the best dressed player in this league. He's got the best haircut, and he hangs out with the hottest dudes. Okay, to me, Jerry is Legolas. Okay, Legolas was a vital member of the Fellowship. Okay, does Frodo get past the Mines of Moria without Legolas? I don't think so. What about Helm's Deep? Huh? You think that Rohan was able to defend Helm's Deep without Legolas? Not a damn chance. Legolas is taking down Sauron this week. All right. That's a clean oh, sweep for Jerry. Uh, next, we're going to move on to Connor's matchup because he's 4-0. It's in the top of standings. He's taking on Spencer. So, uh, Connor, I think uh, we know who you're going to pick here, but let's hear it. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna, I am gonna. got to go with myself this time. You know, I think every week I, I really give both teams a good hard look. I'm a real rational thinker. I make a spreadsheet, talk about projections, look at matchups. Just so happens my team always comes out on top. You know, I can't control the math. But what I will say is I think my team this week is going to smash. I'm really excited to see what they can do. We had a good couple practices, and I'm really looking forward to beating Spencer by at least – 10 points. What I will say is that I called my victory over Andrew last week and I was only off by six points. So I'm doing pretty good when it comes to predictions. And uh, Jerry, I think you got an upset pick here. Who are you going with? I am going with Spencer. Um, I think the commission falls off his throne this week. Um, Going to suffer his first loss. Um, Not really any too far reason why, but I know at least two of Spencer's seven running backs are going to go off this week. Yeah, I got to break the tie here, and I'm going to go with the upset as well. I'm taking Spencer. Um, I think uh, Deshaun Watson going to bounce back this week, have a big game, and I like his running his running backs matchups. And you know, all all good things got to come to an end uh, at some point. So you know, I think this is going to week that the commission falls down. All I'm saying is that right now you guys are witnessing a 19-0 run by my team. Just sit back, relax, enjoy the ride. All right, bold prediction there from Connor. Um, no. Nice. Weeks, 
Yeah, nineteen and zero. You know, just like they do it in the NFL. I know that we're this is pretend NFL, but I'm in the big leagues. I I take it very seriously. My team's going nineteen and zero. So yeah, you heard it there, nineteen and zero. Going to be tough to do, but uh, Connor extremely confident in his chances. Uh, let's take a look at our second highest scoring team in the league right now. That's Hovi's Heroes. He's taking on Ben Hazari. Um, and Hovi projected the winner at 113.3 to 93.3. Uh, I'm going to go with Hovi in this one. Ben's team a little banged up right now. Obviously, Devontae Adams, his status unsure. Um, a few other of his other guys questionable at this point in the week. I think Hovi also has some great matchups at wide receiver. I really like uh, Mike Evans and Mike Thomas this week. Um, we saw that the Bucks, you know, they aren't one to stop many teams, but they do have a high-scoring offense. So I think that game's going to be really high-scoring. So I like both those guys and Hovey's team. Uh, Connor, what are you thinking? I'm also going with Hovey. You know, I think he's got the second. Like I said before, he's got the second-best team in the league. Like you said, he's got a bunch of great matchups. I think this is a week that he's going to score at least 125 points. And uh, Jerry, what are you, you going to give one to Ben, or is it going to be a clean sweep? Uh, let's sweep it. I'm going to go with Hovey's heroes. Um, uh, I like his matchups uh, a little bit better than Ben's this week. Um, ben has, you know, a lot of tough matchups. Amari Cooper, um, uh, tough matchup against Green Bay. Uh, Beckham coming off what a two for twenty week, so um, tough, tough going for his stars. And um, I think Hobie, um wins fairly easily. All right, that's a clean sweep for Hobie there. Let's look at uh, our matchup of the two lowest-ranked teams in the Fantasy Pros rankings. That's AMAC taking on Tristan. McCory currently a slight favorite at 112.4 to 110.1. Uh, Jerry, why don't you kick it off with this one and give your pick? Um, oh, McCory and Tristan's team. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Um, I'm going to take Andrew McCory um, this week. Uh, sorry, Kyle Davis. Um, Shout out Kyle Davis. Um, Alvin Kamara could go off for like sixty points, but I think that's what's going to need um, for Tristan's team to get over the over the top. Um, uh, I think Jared Goff against Seahawks defense um, not not great this year, so I think he got a decent game um, uh, as well as um, Hooper going against Houston, um, and I think Thielen. Um, actually, we'll have a decent week against um, a very lowly Giants opponent. All right, Connor, who are you taking? You know what? I wrote down one name, but actually I've been swayed. I'm going with another. I'm taking Tristan this week, actually. I'm looking at McCory's matchups. I'm not a big fan. I don't think Thielen's going to produce as what we thought he was going to produce. I don't think Sammy Watkins is going to have that good of a week. I mean, really, it's kind of a crap show. Uh, crapshoot, excuse me, with uh, Kansas City wide receivers. So we'll see where that goes. I don't think Jared Goff's playing that well. And he's got a couple question marks in his flex spots. Now looking over at Tristan's team, you also have question marks. I mean, really, this is like a battle of the bottom, you know. This is the bottom battle. And I'm taking Tristan. Uh, you know, Andrew, and I know I've had some harsh words for you this pod, but I'm going to go with your team and the win here, break a tie and give you the advantage. Uh, you know, I really don't like – it's this one's gonna be close, but I, you know, I said that Tristan has the worst team, so I gotta go with Andrew here. I do think Thielen could have a big game. Giants D hasn't real, really been able to stop anyone, um, so I think he could be in for a pretty solid, solid output. So I'm gonna go with Andrew there to improve to four and one, which is 
know, kind of hard to say, but uh, you know, it could be the truth after this week. Uh, moving on, we got uh, another battle of losing teams. We got Curtis taking on Chris. And currently, Chris is projected to win at 112.7 to 104.1. I'm going to go with Chris in this one. Chris is going to finally break the losing streak and get his first win. Um, I think because Ezekiel Elliott against Green Bay, we saw what the Eagles were able to do against Green Bay on the ground last Thursday, and I think Zeke's going to be able to tear him up, and that's going to be the difference maker for Chris's team and give him the victory. Uh, Connor, what are you thinking? I'm taking uh, Curtis this week. First of all, that projected total includes the fact that uh, Melvin Gordon's predicted zero points, so I think Curtis will put someone else in that lineup before the week, so I think it's going to be a little closer than that. I'm just looking at both squads. I think that Curtis has a couple better matchups, um, and I really think that Chris's team, you know, the way I see it is that we're kind of exact opposites. Whenever I win, he loses, and I know I'm winning this week. So that means Chris is losing. For sure, you know, the opposite. The opposites of the standings going to keep rolling on. Connor predicting 5-0. and Chris 0-5. Uh, Jerry, who do you like in this one? Break the tie. Um, I'm going to take uh, Chris's team. Uh, I put money on Chris's team earlier. <laughs> so I also think uh, <laughs> team is going to outscore Connor's team this week, I hope, um, and get me you know that, that big uh, $5 back. So um, going with Chris's team. Uh, and I think Chris is going to have a good rest of the year, obviously. All right, so Chris projected uh, two to one in the predictions there to get his first victory. And uh, last but not least, we have my matchup. I'm taking on Jordan, uh, currently projected the victor in that one at 123.4 to 109. And uh, I'm going to take myself. Uh, I picked up Jacoby Brissett on waivers this week, going against Kansas City, like his matchup, as well as my two top two running backs, Johnson, David Johnson against the Bengals, and Dalvin Cook against the Giants. Um, so nothing else to say there about my team. One thing, man, you got Michael Gallup in the lineup. He's I don't even think he's going to play this weekend. So uh, you don't have a kicker. So is that a strategy you, that you're going to go into the weekend with, having no kicker? I know you did that so you could pick up more players. Uh, it was actually, you know, Gallup did practice today, and it was reported that he is going to play. So I uh, do expect to see him out there. But even if not, I still have, you know, guys on the bench I can replace him with. Um, whether it's DJ Chark or potentially Daryl Williams. So I don't think that's going to matter. And yeah, I dropped my kicker today um, to add Jordan Wilkins. Um, waiting to see what happens with Marlon Mack there um, before I pick up a kicker. But kicker being the least important position, not really worried about who I get there. Um, but Connor, who did, who did, you, did you make a pick in that one? I did actually. I'm going with your team. Um, it pains me to say it, but I think you have a, a you have a decent squad across the board. Um, I guess if Gallup practiced today, is a good chance to get a play. So that's going to be a, a pretty good matchup for you. Like you said, I like Jacoby Brissett. Actually, I picked him up in another league. And I'm streaming quarterbacks. I think I have Stafford on by. So uh, you have really strong running backs, and I think overall your team is uh, has the edge. If you look at Jordan's, Tariq Cohen's kind of a question mark. I think I said that earlier. Um, and yeah, I just think that your team's better. All right, Jerry, uh, who do you got? Uh, I'm going to take Eric's team um, in the matchup. Uh, I think he has a lot of dream running back scenarios. Um, Cincinnati, terrible, not very good run defense. He's, we saw that uh, Monday night. Uh, Dalvin Cook against the Giants might put up a record high in amount of points. Uh, um, I think Jordan's still going to be probably top top four in league in points, but get the loss. So continue on his uh, losing record. Lots of points. Wild card journey. Wild card journey. 
All right, that's all the predictions for week five. Uh, excited to get things started tomorrow night with the Seahawks and the Rams game. And uh, that's going to do it for today's episode of the podcast. We want to thank uh, Jerry uh, for coming on the show and being our special guest. Hope you enjoyed your time on the pod. Uh, you know, making history, being the first guest to make a, a bet with Connor. Some uh, some big time moves there. So, we, Jerry, appreciate having you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, thanks, Jerry. Looking forward, yeah, looking forward to getting my five dollars and spending it at the Three Monkeys, obviously. Three Monkeys. I, what I gotta say is, I'm basically free lo- free rolling all these bets because you know, once Aaron Rodgers comes out of the closet, I'll be rich. Exactly. You know, make sure, we'll have to check and make sure we get an update on all those bets we got. Um, maybe we'll have to do that next pod. Um, but I uh, hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Uh, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.